Welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And you are who, Swizz? <laughs> Swizz Station. Everywhere from here, there, my man Swizz is back again for another episode. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't already, please do like, subscribe, get amongst all that funny business. Check your Facebook settings because I swear all of you Muppets aren't getting notified of all my fantastic drunken posts the last two weeks. So make sure you see... Fantastic in uh, open brackets. Um, otherwise, SC Insider 100, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Definitely very active on the Twitter. Uh, make sure I give you my login details this week, Swizz, because I want you teeing off at all the North folk. Or should I say Hawthorne? Tee off whenever you like, my friend. Um, uh, anybody that's seen my Twitter this week, you don't want to give me any more access to Twitter. Fuck me. <laughs> we'll put you on a I've been, I've, been, I've been watching you just go off on Twitter. Anything Richmond related. Oh, the, I hate playing at Docklands. Ah, oh, I'm going to cry about it. Ah, oh, that was classic Swiss this week. It was great. <laughs> well, it was the key theme for coaches to have a win this week. Uh, on YouTube, if you haven't liked this already, please do find us. We are Supercoach Insider. Just search for us. We might actually, it's a pretty big week this week. So we're going to go through. Uh, also, I posted out as well. Congratulations to Corey from SC Elites. Um, not going to lie, I thought he was gay for a little while there. So really happy he got married. Um, <laughs> or it was, um, no, just kidding, Corey. Uh, no, really am happy for those guys over there. So happy days there. And, um, like I posted online last night, I think he just got married. So he only has to pay Chris half the bet and hit up his new business. <laughs> hey, well, it's, it's half of our bets. So it's only $50 my way. Yeah. Um, so, oh, oh, what? Now you're claiming 50 bucks your way. I see. No, I see. I see what's going on. No, no, your, <laughs> your way. I'm losing enough bets as I'm sure you'll tell the world. Now, I was very reluctant to make this pod and I was telling because Chris is away and he's taking his taking his headset, trying to make everything work. And I was just like, no, nah, it's just a Swizz and Ben show today because uh, guaranteed Josh Kelly scored, what, 132? It and should have been 180, but, you know, hey, look, we'll, we'll go with 132. I was cursing him from the very <laughs> outset. I do not want to do this podcast. I literally don't want to talk about Josh Kelly, but unfortunately we do have to today. So we're going to start off with uh, looking at the rookies and obviously cash cows, not many on the horizon. We're then going to talk about the premium injury situation, the sit show that Marshall and Green, Toby Tobertson have found themselves in and what to do there. Then we're going to go through those who are ripe for the picking, those who are going to be uh, on our hit list coming into the buys, and more importantly, what is our structure and plans going into the buys? Because they're only two rounds away, boys. They are. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be – I think every move you make, you've got to look now to definitely the buyers and how it impacts your team, um, uh, right down to the fact of, like, oh, yeah, I'm looking at you know, bringing someone in with an X buy round. How does that impact my structure? Um, am I going to be able to cover over the buyers? And uh, if not, then you're just going to have to choose a different target uh, for the next couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, really, really interesting stuff moving forward. I also like to just say um, I am starting to uh, – to get on my own Twitter account as well. I've got like 15 followers, so that's really good. But if you guys also want to give me a shout out, uh, my Twitter is CFX underscore one, um, and you'll find that's my uh, personal Twitter account. And I've, I've just sort of branched out and get my own brand happening. 
So <laughs> that way we know who's who. So when, when it's coming from the main account, it's Ben, and when it's coming from me, it's obviously me. Makes it a bit easier. Yeah, right. Um, enjoy those uh, two more followers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just got two more followers. Just, yes. branch, just branching out. But thank you That's for the 20% way. gain, mate. That's huge gains. What that are you is, talking about? That is huge. Now, can we please just get this over and done with? Can we talk about the fact that I brought in Mitchell, the titch master, instead of Josh <laughs> Kelly? Can we just get this out of the way, boys? Because it's painful. And, and well, I was at the game, mate. You know how weird it is? Be there in your Richmond jumper, cheering a freaking opposition player every time he got the ball. I freaking <laughs> hell, Josh Kelly got the ball a lot. You don't even own Josh Kelly, though, am I right? Yeah, I do. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah, right. you do. Oh, oh, oh. How did he look up close? Was he as sexy up close as he was on TV? Because oh, beautiful, beautiful man, mate. <laughs> he is. He's good to look at too, isn't he? Isn't he, Ben? Fuck, you must love looking at him. Obviously, in all honesty, um, he has had that role changed and he looks like role gold, but you, it's still a risky pick. Like, I'm not sitting here saying that, yeah, it's going to be a, a flawless pick. Um, he's still got body issues and he has had his entire career. And obviously, his role is intertwined with, with Whitfield. So, um, and that's where we've noticed is obviously Whitfield coming in, taking up that role on the half forward flank and wing. And now Josh Kelly is playing much more wing and inside on the ball. So um, that's pushed him in. Now what happens this week with Green going out? Does that mean that they might use Kelly a little bit more forward than they have the last couple of weeks? Who knows? Um, so it's it's not a flawless pick by any stretch, but I'm happy to report that as a test, as one week owner, he has an average of 132 in my team. So that's good. And a one week one week owner for um Titch and he's averaging what's he averaging me? Sixty nine, seventy two? Hey, I, I warned you about that pick. I, I I warned everybody off that pick, including you, and you were like, nah, I'm I'm doing it anyway. Well, here's the thing, I've been eyeing off Titch for the whole year. I probably should have realized this. And I was gonna go Zorko because I blessed him. I couldn't get him last week because I brought in a fucking injured Houston. So I was gonna get in Zorko and I was like, right, they're both going big. And my problem was I thought Titch was going to actually go up in price a lot because they were playing north and he loves a loose ball. But I was, I was wrong. Um, big time Don't wrong. Don't worry, Ben. You weren't alone there, mate. I um, I jumped, jumped on Titch as well and that, at that price. And I was so sick of him in leagues. Uh, with, every week it seems my opposition person has him when he goes big. So I'm like, no, I've had enough of this. Titchy coming in. But unfortunately, midfielders actually haven't been doing that great against north. And no. um, didn't, didn't pick up a contested position against them and pumped out. What did he pump out? Seventy six. So I should have. I should have learnt when I had steel. I brought in steel against North. And remember how I said they can't tackle when they when they don't have the ball. So yeah, uh, I should have. I should have learnt that lesson. But hey, you know it's one of those things. And Zorko is yeah. on my side this week. I have to get in Zorko now. His price is going up, so it's it's a bit crazy. To be fair for those people who have picked on picked up Titch, you know it's it's a whole season thing and we've uh, they've got the Blues and Gold Coast coming up and I feel like uh, there'll be some plenty of points for him to uh, pick up over the next couple of weeks. How about the uh, just, just on that though, before we move on that, um, I'll just I'll highlight this to you guys during the week. Um, here's some interesting stats about Titch. He's averaging a career low in tackles per game, career low in goals per game, uh, career uh, low in, in um, handball to a kick to handball ratio. Um, it's just the amount of – it's ridiculous. Like clearances, 
In his in his um the Brownlow year, which was 2018, he averaged eight clearances a game. He's averaging 3.4 per game, which is his career load uh, up outside of his rookie season. Um, it's it's insane. I, I've I, I bring this up with you guys, and it was sort of just like water off a duck's, duck's back. He's not playing good football, even though he's averaging 33.6 disposals. He has 11 kicks in that and 22 handballs. Most of them are uncontested. It's just he's not the titch that we had even last year. I don't know what exactly is it is, if it's injury-related or whatever it is, but titch is not the same player. Um, and I bring him in, what, round round two, I think. I think I traded yeah, danger Neil field. straight straight Dan- door. Yeah, no, danger. Yeah, danger to titch, like straight up. And I've, I've been – Watching him very closely ever since, and he, it's just no, he has not turned over. Even the week he went one forty-seven, still didn't. I thought it was more luck than it was actual him having a good game. Talk so, about insult to injury there. I bring in Titch at five twenty-five k, and guess who's more expensive this week? <laughs> Kelly, Josh Kelly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Good it's absolutely insane. And, and you're lucky he's still pick upable because he was at one hundred and twenty-six at three-quarter time, and he should have gone huge, and he had six points in the last quarter. Yeah. What's that about? Broke his hand. Um, although no one, men- no one mentioned it. Ben. Chris, how was Ben's text message when after Jelly kicked a goal, run for the bench, and Ben's messaging us going, oh, he's injured, he's injured, he's just gone off injured. He's gone yeah, to the bench, he's sitting down on the bench, he's injured. I think he's done a hammy or something and Chris wasn't watching the game. He's like, what? And then he was actually sitting on the bench. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good yeah, time. Well, so, uh, so um, Swiss, how'd you go last week, mate? Uh, yeah, 22.01. Um, it was good on most of my leagues, and uh, that's moved me up to 8.76 overall now. So a few, still a few mistakes, which are annoying me. Um, but, yeah, no, I can't be too disappointed with that. Hey, that means we're all in the top 1,000, boys. Uh, we are. Yeah, it yeah, does. Yeah. Cheers to that. I'm still scraping in the 1,000, don't you worry. I've had, uh, I had two extra rookies playing for me last week, so we'll get into that in the team reveal. Um, yeah, we will. Yeah, boys, uh, so upset there. Right, let's move on to the rookies. There's not much to talk about now. Rumor is Lachlan Jones, the big fleeking mullet, might actually return. Boy, is that what's what you've heard, Chris? Uh, well, yeah. Close? So he will either be playing AFL or Sandful. Um, I'm probably leaning towards the fact that he will probably play Sandful this week. Um, however, if he's named A, you have to get him if he's named. Um, if he's not, then you could still get him knowing that he's going to probably play in the next couple of weeks and it's not going to be too much of an issue. Uh, so there are options to bring him in. Uh, with Tom, is it Jonas that's gone down with a, with a broken cheekbone? He's out for six weeks? No, I don't think it's Jonas. I think it's... Um, Clurry. Clurry. Is it Clurry? Yeah, yep, yep. So you think that Trent McKenzie will probably come in to replace him? Um, I think that's probably the most logical scenario. And then uh, Jones would have to come in for, I think Bergman is um, is probably the likely out of there. But, um, yeah, do I think he comes in this week? I think it's, I think it's more likely that he plays sample than, than he does. Just knowing how Ken likes to, uh, he, doesn't, you know, he, doesn't, he, doesn't want, he wants to take a precaution with his kids. So I think maybe one or two weeks in sample before it comes in. However, because of that, I'm not averse to bringing him in this week. It doesn't really phase me if you have him because most people have Highmore, who's now obviously already playing. Um, some have Nathan Murphy as well, who's probably going to come back this week. So it's not like you don't have playing bench players. Um, so bringing in Lockham Jones, if you did need some a downgrade option, I think is the one to do. 
And that's because there's not many options out there. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, there's literally zero options. There, there is no one on the bubble that looks to be like there are people on the bubble, but they don't look to be uh, having regular games. You got Nick Murray there, who obviously didn't get his third game, so he's available. Um, Harry Edwards is available if he gets picked. Um, yeah, there's there's a couple of guys that you know if they get picked, they're going to play their other game. I mean, you could probably still pick up Ollie Henry, who's actually gone down in cash. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not sure. There's, there's just not really much there, mate. Um, so I would be, and, and and at this stage of the season, you want to try and bring in guys that are going to have good job security moving forward. And he's obviously a guy that does have good job security if he's going to get named. Um, yeah, so that's why I don't mind it. With Lockie Jones, like they play away this week against the Pies. So I don't think they would risk him on the, the trip. Then it's just free on their buy. So they probably go, okay, they're playing North Adelaide, West Adelaide the next two weeks, which are the two of the lower teams in the sample. So it's a good opportunity for him just to get some match fitness with no pressure. And then he can have that extra week after the buy. And then they'll probably bring him in after that. Yeah, yeah. after the buy. That sounds like a pretty um, smart strategy there, I think. So even when you so, start to look the week after, um, even then you have what Max Holmes, so he was out, in and out, one hit wonder. Uh, Nick Bryant as well, similar. So there's not too much as far as. It's Ronan uh, O'Connor. O'Connor, basically. Yeah, he's the big one. So he only played 50% game time, and they said after the game that they actually managed his time on ground. Um, so for him to get that score, a lot of tackles um, in that low time on ground is really impressive. So he'd be the one that I would 100% be looking at getting in next week if he gets another game, which I, I hazard a guess. Based on his performance, I can't see why he wouldn't be playing again, at least the second and third game. But Agreed. And even today, news came out, was it Matt Crouch? Um, even more security there for those rookies because uh, was he having groin surgery? Matt Crouch out now for probably the year? Uh, yeah, yeah, potential of late in the year, but I, yeah. I don't think they're risking oh, this They're year. saving him for finals, are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right, yeah. Jeez. Um, so very interesting there. Uh, also another side note when we're talking about Adelaide here, we did talk about um, Rory Laird struggling without Sloan in the side and, and you notice his scores have actually peaked up a little bit when Sloan's come back into the side. Uh, Rory yep. Laird's actually picked up as well, which we kind of spoke about. He needed a bigger body to help kind of clear the the scruff in the midfield there. Yeah, absolutely. He's not, he, I don't think – he's a good midfielder, don't get me wrong, but is he an A-grade midfielder? Like, like Sloan is – is a contested bull, you know, and that's just not really Laird's game. He's, he's definitely more of an uncontested player than a contested player, but he can get in and out of when he wants to. And I just think that he was he's better as that second release type. Um, yeah, so it just, just suits his game more. Um, so this week, guys, with the lack of rookies, you've got two options. And a lot of people have gone double down either last week or the week before. And there's a lot of guys out there with bank. So I suppose the question for this week is, do you now spend that bank and you go double up? Do you still try and go one down, one up? Or do you try and save some cash with an eye towards the buys, knowing that you're going to have to have a little bit of cash behind you to upgrade in round 12? So I think that there's this, there's this three A's to play this week. Um, what are you guys looking at? Well, I'm not, but I know this is a question a few people have had because um, a lot passed up on Collier Dawkins last week. And a question yep. going around is, do you um, – go and spend the extra money and, and treat him as a high premium rookie and go get him because of his possible job security and great break even. So what are your what? thoughts on people who missed out on Collier Dawkins first, boys? What did he go up, 50K? Uh, uh, a little bit more, 60, almost 60. 
Uh, my answer is yes, um, but the, the reason is most people will be trading Tom Howard this week because of his break-even. So there goes a guy that is your on-field scorer in your midfield um, as a rookie. So by bringing him in, you're probably playing him on field. Um, and for the next few weeks with his job security the way it is, I can see that being a huge bonus. He probably gets you right up until their buy, which is the round 13 buy. Um, and then after that, his job security gets a little bit sketchy. So if you're trading Tom Powell and you're, you're probably going up, um, you know, you got your – or potentially maybe you're trading a forward or whatever it may be, you're going to need someone else there to come in and provide some um, some bench scoring for you or some rookie scoring in midfield. I doubt it that people are running eight premium midfielders at this point in the season. I think it's probably a little bit early for that. Um but, for example, this week I'll probably be running seven. So RCD is a logical choice as the um, as, as my M8 until I can upgrade him. So I think that makes sense because he's going to be on field. He probably still makes 100K at least with potential for a little bit more. Not only that, if you had RCD um, on your bench and you had Powell on your field, you could easily transfer and trade him to, if you're going to upgrade, trade him to a defender or a forward or whatever you need, knowing that RCD yeah. can go on field, which is a nice flexibility. Yeah, um, last thing you want is someone like, say, a, a McNeil coming on to replace Powell now. Um, you could upgrade somewhere, but now you're downgrading midfield essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah I feel you there. So, all right, let's go. We're going to go from um, Marshall and Green. So what would you be doing, boys? So was it Marshall out for a month? Green about the same. Uh, I think was it Toby's 15%. Marshall wasn't. I think it was 4% went up to about 7%. So for those few percent that grabbed him, unlucky. Would you hold trade coming into the buys? How important is it to have playing players on the field? Swiss are up. Yeah, I'm just, just trying to think because it's, it's so hard because these forwards at the moment are so difficult. Um, I, I've heard a lot of people going, no, nope, I'm going to fix my forward line and bring in all the forwards. I'm going the opposite and going, well, I'm just going to play, keep backing these rookies in because some of these rookies, some weeks are going poor, some weeks are going all right but there's no consistency or um, really any uh, premium forwards, which I, I'm actually backing in at the moment that um, that I would prefer to have um, apart from, a, yeah, well, there's a couple of spectacles, ones that um, I know a few are talking about in like your McDonald's and Heinz and that. Um, so for me, if you've got a loophole, I would be looking at some of the defenders or mids that are there for the right for the picking and trying to back in some of these rookies if you're going to trade out a Green and Marshall. Um, and I feel like you probably need to trade them out. So that's just probably my take on it. Yeah, four weeks is a long time. If you're going for leagues, you can just hold on to it because they're going to be best um, scenario coming back when they start getting on the field. But playing, having guys actually getting scores for you in the buys is really important, um, especially for overall. Overall, four weeks you have to trade, unfortunately. You know, that's just how it is. Not only that. If you have a zero, that's not someone that's contributing for the first couple of rounds. A uh, couple of rounds in the buys. Toby has the first one, but even then, the second and the third buy, he'll probably miss. Uh, so the will he, oh, Toby might make it back for that last buy. So yeah, I'm actually on the camp of probably hold Toby and trade Marshall. Um, Marshall, unfortunately, I feel really bad for everyone in the board because I was going to. I dodged that bullet massively, and very, very luckily. Um, but yeah, obviously he's going under the knife. Um, he's had this injury or a similar injury all season. And this is a, uh, injury that's popped up because of that injury. 
when he comes back, he's probably still going to be underdone. I think the best case scenario is it'll be after his buy, maybe a couple of weeks after the buy, it'll be late in the season. Are you going to even need him by then? Potentially. Um, I think if the situation arises where you needed some ruck or forward cover and you need to sideways someone, then that's when he comes into calculations. I just don't think that even when he comes back, he's going to be full fitness. So it might be worth just saying bye-bye Marshall for now and um, and reevaluating when he comes back. Because after their buys, your team, you'd want your team to be full. Exactly right. Um, yeah, which you don't want to be carrying you're not be, Yeah, you're not going to want to play a rookie for two more weeks waiting for him to come back in. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I definitely do agree with you there. It's an my only one. issue, with, my only issue with Toby, a lot of people were getting him uh, to have him during the buys because they're playing North Melbourne, Carlton, Hawthorne, Gold Coast. Now, if he ends up missing those games and he's has to then play your Melbourne's Port Adelaide Geelong's, um, I think you're missing that scoring potential just because of his injury. Yeah, of course. I mean, look, the, the risk is that the, what you'd hope is that he comes back for the round after the buy, uh, after his buy, which is what three weeks. But he's yeah. listed at four, I believe, if, that, if I'm not mistaken. So in an ideal world, he has a speedy recovery, comes back yeah, essentially a week early. Can't guarantee that, though. So you are missing that one week of scoring. Um, and the unfortunate – I mean, the fortunate thing is that most people are pretty okay for that buy. That buy doesn't seem to be too bad. But you're definitely going to want him back for the, the you know, the, the last buy if at worst. You need him for that round 14. The other thing with that, Chris, if it was Sydney right now as a Sydney player, I'd be like for sure because they list them for six weeks and they come back in two. But uh, GWS, <laughs> GWS is a bit like uh, Fremantle with uh, like um, Ben's boy, Luke Ryan. Uh, yeah, go for a test and then three, four weeks later is still out. And I've always and GWS always seem to have that issue as well. Apparently, yeah, apparently Luke Ryan was walking laps the other day with, um, <laughs> with um, Tracy. And I was like... Like he, he might miss again. He's walking laps. I was like, no, he won't. He is not missing laps. He's he ran so hard the day before that he's taking a recovery day. That's that's what I'm telling myself. I actually read it just before we got on the podcast. Um, there was a press release that he should be back this week. So I think you'll be okay with Luke Ryan and Houston. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's yes. go. Now we're going to look at for those who are ripe for the picking. We're going to start into defense. Is Talking about right for the picking, Caleb Daniel Boys, is he back in action? They played him forward. They put him back into his defense. He scored a 120 this week, three-round average now of 112. He's still priced at a reasonable 468K. You still holding firm that Daniel is a no-go? No, I have him. So uh, I love the love having him and that. I know Chris doesn't feel the same, but, um, you know, he's at his price. Um I think he's he's definitely an option if you don't have the money to go up to one of the top premiums. He's not going to have the scoring of the uh, you know the Mills and Lairds and Stewarts and whatnot. But um, I still think for a hundred k cheaper for a couple of those guys and that, I think he, he'd be more than serviceable um, and get close enough. Yeah, look, I don't hate him as a pick at the moment, um, given that they've had another role change. I think I I just. Um, I worry about role changes in the future now with Bevo. So Bevo's already shown a propensity to um, to change him around. He's the one that's going to be changed around if there's if they needed someone to play a role. And that's always going to be a question mark over his scoring. It's the same with with Josh Kelly, I suppose. Is that you're running this the risk with both of them. So with with both of those guys, you get a discount when you take them on board, and that makes sense. Um, personally, 
I think at this point of the season, you're probably going to go best available still, um, which in defence, there's just so many more options. So, I mean, I've already got six defenders, so I don't really need any more, but I don't have Mills, I don't have Salem, I don't have Stewart. Danny Rich is also still there popping up as a top six option there too. So there's just so many more guys that are averaging more. Um, and yes, they're more expensive, but yeah, Callum Mills is averaging 112 as, as six points per game clear of the next defender. And he's only 560K. But that's still really good value for what he's pumping out. So, um, look, if you've got no cash, you desperately need a defender, then sure. But I'd rather be spending – that's the sort of money I'd rather be spending in your forward line with the lack of options there and then um, trying to get the best possible in defence. Don't mind it. Speaking of right for picking, those who don't have Jordan Ridley, 481K. Have you got him yet, Swizz, or is this you this week? I've already put him in this week, and this is the reason why I'm not jumping up to a Mills because the cash that I have will let me get in another forward premium that we'll talk about soon. But, yes, Jordan Ridley is back in my team. I like it. 480K, I think he's, what, 80000 cheaper than Mills. If I had the option of the two, I'd probably be going Ridley right now based on the discount. The only issue oh, is, is I was at the Essendon game, and I know Redmond's, Rolls picked up with uh, taking the kickouts and that, and they're both taking a lot of those intercept marks. So Ridley's not getting the lion's share like he did, but that could also be a case of you know letting Ridley get a, get back, um, get his head right and that after that knock. And um, so hopefully, sort of things change. Also, Frio had a quite a tall defend uh, forward line in on the weekend, so Ridley did have to play a little bit more lockdown than he normally would. Uh, so some of the opposition coming up, hopefully he gets that more that intercept role. Yeah, look, he's got a high floor regardless. I mean, that's one of the great things about Ridley is that uh, what's his lowest score been for the season, like an 85? Like, okay. When, uh, when he got knocked out? Yeah, well, outside, outside of obviously that, yeah. But uh, so I think he's a safe pick with a high ceiling and a high floor. So there's not really a – Question mark. The only question mark is can can he get back to his ridiculous scoring at the start of the year? And, and right now with Redmond taking up those kickouts, it's probably not going to happen. I think he's probably somewhere between a hundred to hundred and ten average, depending on any given any given week. Could be yeah, one twenty ninety to one twenty is what you're going to get out of him. So um, yeah, pretty safe pick, um, safe role, uh, potential to be better if, if the situation arises. I'd, I'd really like Ridley. Um, so, yeah, I think that um, he's one. Also, I don't know if you guys have noticed this guy called Sam Dockin. He had a bit of a role change in the weekend. He was playing wing. So, um, and he's also you, now sixth overall, Chris. So you were one of the yes. – not many people started with him either. He's 540K, guys. I might catch him in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might have to um, next week when he does an injury. Look, it's actually something to monitor. He actually we pushed up the ground this week. Um, he was on fire early. I think halfway through the second quarter, he was already on 70 points and definitely slowed down towards the end of that quarter. What's happened, obviously, is Nick Newman's come in. Now, I think they started the season with Nick Newman playing Luke Park's role, um, but obviously he went down before the season started and then they uh, went Tom Williamson in that role and now Luke Parks is that sewn up. And what's happened in the meantime is that obviously – Newman's come back in and they're looking at restructuring. They also play Zach Williams behind the ball a little bit more this week, trying to get him into a more familiar role, as what David Teague said. Um, So he was playing on the wing and he actually uh, had a few clearances, pushed up the ground a little bit. Um, 
yeah, it's it's a bit interesting how they're playing him, and I'm a little bit scared for his scoring because he obviously scores his best behind the ball. So if you were looking at getting Sam Doherty in right now, I'd say pause, wait a couple of weeks until we get a little bit more idea of what is actually going to be his role moving forward. What's crazy is after the first two rounds when we're like, oh, Doherty was a bit shaky and everything like that, he's averaging 110.8 after round two. Yeah. Which yeah. is absolutely bonkers. And we knew he could. Do you know what I mean? It was um, you know, a bigger game, a longer game. He's that kind of outlet. And we did say we noticed he was pushing up behind the contest earlier on as that outlet. And he got quite yeah. high up the ground, as he said, as well. So it, it is interesting. Um, he's there's, starting to well, pull together. There's 0.7 points per game difference between the second-ranked defender, which is Christian Salem, and uh, Daniel Rich, which is number six. And he, he's averaging the exact same as Sam Lockerty. Um, which is just, it's just insane, the, the, um, the guys that are averaging well. So, yeah, good on him. Um, uh, yeah. I think it's... A little bit too early to, to predict what's going to happen with Sam Doherty, but I've liked it so far, so I can't complain. Yeah, that's fair. They, they are still reasonably priced too. Rich, Doherty, uh, Stewart, that 550 mark, they're just hovering around there, so it's definitely not a bad option there. Uh, I think that's about it for the defenders as far as reasonably priced. Uh, Lockie Whitfield, yeah, there's, obviously there's not yet. one I'm going to bring up, and, I, and you're happy to slap me on this because he's, it's just a ter- terrible, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but my man will leg Markov, mate. Um, oh, he, he looks good when he's got the ball, that's for sure. Yeah, well, the thing is, with Jack Bowes now going down with three weeks, and, and Markov scored uh, three tons in the last four matches or five matches of that, he's uh, he's definitely taking on that role. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's 420 with a break-even of 37. So I guess those who just don't have the cash and wanted something a bit different with, Bo- with somebody who's going to have Bowes' role, um, it's something that you might have a look at as somebody who can make you some cash, maybe get up to one of those premiums, especially if you're somebody who has still quite a few trades left. Yeah, see, Markov, I had him picked in a lot of drafts early on, uh, getting a lot of the ball. He was that rebounding defender, I think, because Lukosius. Meanwhile, put Lukosius back. Maybe that happens now that um, Bose is done because Lukosius is doing shit on the wing and up, for, up forward. Put him back. He's a great kick. Put him in the defense line. I think that I'm hoping that'll actually happen now. So. Well, that actually did happen in the last round. Um, they moved him back into defence a little bit. So um, I think it's actually killed Bose scoring. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when um, Bose returns to see if, if Lukosius moves again. And if not, then you're going to have to trade Bose straight away because he won't be able to hold up that score, that uh, premium level scoring that he was. So oh, yeah, keep Bose an eye on him if you, if you are keeping Bose. But, yeah, Markov, yeah, he, 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 his only downside is Markov butchers it sometimes, but – Absolutely, he does. But you know, he's got a role there for at least this buy period and that. And you know, if he's going to, if he's going to see a lot of ball, um, you know, he's going to have the opportunity to turn up. That sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing to keep an eye on, guys, um, is uh, Braden Maynard. He's actually uh, got back-to-back tons up his sleeve, and we know that he can produce some good super coach results. I still don't technically. I, I don't like him. I mean, at his price, it's okay. I think he's about four fifty k. The problem is, any given week, he plays a different role. So he might play lockdown one week, and then he might play loose the next week. This week, he actually played on Lance Franklin, but obviously ran off him as well. So um, yeah, I, I don't support the pick necessarily for standard, um, but he's an option there at his price. Yeah, yep. sounds good. Uh, let's move into the midfield. Now, we're going to go through those who have probably dropped off. We're going to talk about Josh Kelly again because obviously he's a decent price point. 
Um, interesting though, for quick little shout out for draft leagues now, Jack Graham, um, interesting because Richmond are so poor in their midfield and stuff at the moment. Jack Graham actually putting some good scores together for draft leagues. So jump on if you haven't already. Um, the other one for draft there is Willem Drew from Port Adelaide. Um, if he hasn't, I actually picked him up in a couple of drafts. Um, he's gone 129, 107 and 109 the last three weeks. Uh, so he's in a bit of a purple patch here. Yep, sounds he good. Is. Alrighty, now starting off, we're going to go with Patrick Cripps' break-even of 79. He's priced at 411000 Started to show a little bit more of the old Patrick Cripps as far as tackle numbers were up. He started to actually get into the contest. Very cheap, boys. He's 411 k break-even of 79, which means he's probably actually going to go down in price. Am I right? Um, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts here coming up to the boys? He's very cheap. Oh, look, honestly, I feel like he on weekends he hangs out a little bit too much with Patrick Dow because this week I've never seen Patrick Cripps do this, but he, don't, don't get me wrong, looked aggressive at the ball. When he got the ball in his hands, looked like a deer in headlights, had no idea what to do with it. He was looking around trying to get a handball off because he didn't want to kick the ball. I could not believe it. Now, maybe that's a directive that his kicking has been really down, therefore we want you to handball to other guys, or maybe kicking actually hurts his back. Um, but – I saw a Patrick Cripps that was afraid to kick a football on the weekend. Even though he was tackling and was getting the ball, he was just afraid to put it on the boot. So I'm not entirely sure what, what that is about, but there's still no chance in hell that I'll be getting Patrick Cripps in this season at all. Oh, I might do it. Oh, of course you will. <laughs> I might, no. That's, that's might a surefire way to get back to the top 5,000. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, because if it goes right, then I could be like, you yeah, know, it'll be – I can talk about – Crips all the time to Chris and say, hey, I might have lost a bet, but watch this Crips guy come home like a thunder. You, you, you can uh, do it, man. I'll just be over here with Josh Kelly just laughing the well, entire way. How much is the price difference between you're looking at Powell to Crips? It's it's not much. It's like 25, but 30K bargain. They're all, yeah, because they're averaging the same. <laughs> yeah, the problem is, Ben, it's actually not even worth it. Once for the season. <laughs> You may as well hold power. You'll probably get more on-field scoring. <laughs> <laughs> but it's honestly, it's, it's so not worth it in any way. He's, yeah, turned well, up once, he's turned up once for the year. He still didn't turn up on the weekend. And for those who bother watching Footy Classified, the footage that they showed of him still last, uh, from Sunday's game where he would get the ball in space and still just handball to to space, really. That, that, that was it. He wasn't trying to pick out targets. And that, yes, he was tackling, but his ball use is – the only person's ball use that's worse at the moment is Fife when he's kicking for goal. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, I Except didn't see that. So that was just me watching the game and noticing that. So I'm glad that someone that would call themselves professionals also noticed that because the amount of so-called professionals that just say shit is ridiculous. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I completely agree. No, there's no way that I'd be looking at Patrick Cripps. So I think that's a stupid move. Well, he's 400K. Their back half of the year is better. I can't see him playing a half a season as bad he is right now. I can see Crush going. I reckon he averages 100 or more for the rest of the year. I reckon that gets to the point where they can't play finals and they go, all right, well, we'll just rest Patrick Cripps for the rest of the year then. Well, because they've signed him. Ben, once he turns up, we'll revisit this conversation. Okay, sounds good. Chris, can I also say I'm really upset you're not actually wearing a Collingwood jersey or jumper or anything? Oh, dude, this knit is really nice, actually. You're welcome. I uh, I didn't bring a, a jersey, unfortunately, uh, that, on my trip. That was knit the question, Chris. Um, <laughs> okay, so Josh, nice Josh Kelly, 541K, break-even of 80, still definitely worth getting 
Um, if you have room, would you get him now with, what, two rounds until the buys for them, 10-11? Yeah. Yeah, love him. Agreed. Uh, Titch now. Um, don't nope. go much in price. Break even to 95, 532K. Would you get him now over Kelly? Yes or no? Nope. No. Yeah, me either. Nope. I would not get him this week. I wouldn't get it. I told you, if I didn't already have him, I wouldn't have brought him in last week. I, I do not like uh, Tom Mitchell this year. I haven't seen a single game where I've liked his game. Hindsight's a lovely thing, but if I had the choice this week, even I would choose Kelly. So there you go. Clayton Oliver, break even of 96. Uh, okay, so who else is bottomed out here, boys? I don't uh, think there's so – I think we're getting to the point where we're not really looking necessarily at bottomed out players. The only one really is Steele, who has actually probably bottomed out. However, his break even still 114, I believe, this week. Um, let me just pull that up. Uh, yep, 114. So he's playing the dogs who generally don't give up um, midfield points. So he's probably not going to exceed that. If he does, he's not going to really gain much um, cash. So you can afford to wait a week on steel if you need to. However, he's obviously one that I think most people have it on. Plus he's got the back end buy. So he gets you through those first couple of buys. Be aware of, of you know what players you do have there, but – I think Steele is the number one midfield target for me. See, there's two that uh, that I'm going to bring up here. One, Darcy Parrish. And I'm sorry I have to even mention his name. No, but he no, no. I was going to bring him up in my um, in the uh, buy premiums oh, area. But, yes, no, I love it. Yeah, his last month has been unreal since they finally realised he's an inside midfielder. He's gone 162, 107, 115, and 134, and they've still got some soft games to come up. Well, that'll fit, that'll fit in perfectly then. The only problem is his price, right? He's not actually very cheap anymore. He's, we've, we've kind of missed the boat. He's 564. Yeah, but still, if we talk, I know we would like cheaper, but in those other midfielders we're kind of talking about, he's, he's sort of still in that range where people should be able to afford if you wanted an option like, like him. The only issue yeah. for me is that that, uh, that buy round, um, which, yeah, doesn't Middle buy round's hard. Yeah, it's tough yeah, to navigate. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I agree. I mean, I think people are still looking at trying to get in guys like Lions and Bond. And like, don't get me wrong, they're very, very, very good options. And if you've got the cash in, great. I, I'm sort of worried now, that, and this sort of leads into the next um, next segment, if we're looking at these really expensive guys, I'm talking, you know, your Guthrie's 617, your Lions are 630, uh, Bont is 627. Um, you know, these guys that are 600 plus, um, I'm more looking to try and get them in through the buy after their actual buy. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason is, first of all, you, you can double down one up to them. So cash is going to be so much of a problem then. I've just got a problem right now with blowing your bank right now. So everyone's got, you know, I think most people have around 200000 300000 this week. If they're going one down, one up, you can almost, especially if it's power, you can almost get to one of these guys. But then you're blowing your whole bank and then what are you going to do next week? And then what are you going to do the week after? So I think you've got to be wary about your cash situation and where that lands you, especially if you're even double upgrading. So you double upgrade this week, well, what can't you get next week? What can't you do the week after that? So just looking just that week forward, and trying to work out what your next plan is is really important for the next step and until round 12 where the buys are, and then you know you're going to need some cash for those buys. Yeah, and you've got guys like, say, Travis Boak in that first round, who's uh, 546 at the moment, who could be a real juicy pop price come um, after his buy. That. So, yeah, if there's other issues in your team that you can fix which aren't going to blow your bank, 
um, definitely look at that and then have a look at these guys like a Boke, who yeah, could be a great little upgrade option come round 13. Yeah, sure. That makes sense because um, otherwise you're going to find yourself going, you know, up upgrading, say, a Scott, and you might have, you know, instead of having some money already, so if you kept that $100,000 by going a cheaper option, then you go one down, one up, you can actually get Scott, you have a little bit more money, and you can actually take 100000 from the last trade that you've saved, throw an extra yeah. 150 from an up, a downgrade, and then all of a sudden you're actually affording someone around 500000 instead of being short four hundred, going, oh, what, what is there for four hundred? Nothing. Well, I, this is exactly my dilemma this week, and I will go through a little bit more detail on my um, my team pod, but I've got a couple of options, and one of them is to double upgrade um, and get Hall and Heaney in, which I can do this week. Um, but what that will mean is that I can't get Steel next week. And then how am I going to get Steel in? You know, I've, I've, I've traded out Powell. I've traded out most of the cash in my team outside of, like, guys like Scott, which are, like, almost 300, or McNeil, which is 250. I'm going to have to do three trades to get someone like a, a, um, a Jack Steele. And then by that stage, of, of he's gone up 30K and, and then you, I might be out of reach again. Um, so you've got to think of you know, what are you going to do next week? How are you going to be able to keep continue that one down, one up cadence so that you're not lagging behind in premiums um, compared to the rest of the competition? So. Uh, just something to think about. You know, do you do two? Do you bring in two sub subpar premiums this week, level your bank, or you just keep going that one down, one up, and have enough to get the optimal premiums every single week? All so right. um, let's let's run yeah. with that. Let's talk about Heaney now. So bottomed out forwards, he's three hundred and forty two k. He's dropped one hundred and twelve thousand. Break even of seventy five, which is in reach. Now, my issue at the moment in is- reach. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I suppose he might be able to get 75 this week, boys. <laughs> well, you might be able to. Um, it, it's in reach. Uh, okay, now my issue is, is that the coach has come out, so he has this ankle issue. They never know how he's going to pull up until after he plays. So basically they play the day after. It's either sore or it's not. Now, he's not training before Thursdays, basically. He rests his ankle and then hopes to pl- train at the end of the week to get up and play. Now, that sounds like a pretty big red flag, but again, you look at that juicy price. Um, risk versus reward here, boys. Where do you sit on the fence? We'll go Swiss first. Uh, isn't he on everybody's burn list? Just, uh, <laughs> no, like, how, can, how can you not love the guy? Is he, He's great to watch. We know he can pump out scores, and Sydney have been playing really well. But as you said, yeah, that, that injury concern, um, especially that, you know, with the Swans, they do have to travel every second week. So there'll be games there where they might go, well, like uh, they got Freo this week, uh, got to travel to Port, port after their bye. Um, they might go, well, yeah, he's not getting up this week. We'll give him the rest. Um, and you can't ignore the fact that he did go 44-54-19 three weeks in a row. So though he could go one of three ways. He could get injured. He could go on a big run, as we've seen him do in the past. And with Freo and Carlton, that's a big possibility. Or, you know, depending on role, if they just manage him through, we could see these 40s and 50s again. Look, I I agree with everything you guys are saying, and it is a risky pick, but you get that with the price, right? So you're paying 342k for a guy who has been a top 10 premium multiple times in his career before. I think the, the biggest thing for me is that if I'm bringing him in, and I've looked at about 50 different ways of bringing him in, and I can bring him in in multiple ways. I'm only bringing him in to get me to a danger field or to push to F7. I'm not bringing him in for the rest of the year as a permanent 
um, on-field top uh, for F6. That I'm not doing that personally. And the reason is I can't trust that on any given week he's going he's gonna to be there. So as long as you go in with that mindset of this guy's only going to be here, he's going to get me through the buy rounds or whatever it might be, I only really need him for X amount of time, then I think that it's a positive move for your team and it can be in certain situations, but you'll probably have to upgrade him as well at some point or he'll probably get injured at some point and you just need to be aware of that. I think it's like the closest thing you could probably say to it, a little bit like say when people bought in text, except now it's around the buyers. He can still probably make you some money while on the way there. If he gets a couple of hundreds in a row over the next few weeks, he'll make you a hundred grand. That I don't think that's an issue. I'm just, I'm obviously scared of, he needs to play these next two, three, four weeks. Like he needs to get you through the buys. I think Danger um, due back that he said that he wants to play before the buy or after the buy. Don't think that's going to happen. Which would be what round thirteen is. It, is yeah, I think he, he said he wanted to play round thirteen. However, they're playing Port Adelaide on a Thursday night, um, so it might yeah. have been too soon that game. Where their round fourteen match is the game down in Geelong against the Doggies. I think that's what they're trying to aim for. That makes sense. Now, the problem is you can't bring him in for that anyway because his break-even, what's his break-even sitting at? Danger? It's, uh, it's something ridiculous. Something stupid. Uh, and he's uh, still obviously very, very, very expensive. You're not going to yeah. blow 611K. Uh, uh, 198. 198, yeah. Yeah, 198, 611,000. Yeah. So you'd have to at least wait a week or so for him to drop uh, some cash. Probably two. Yeah. Uh, regardless yeah. of what he's scoring, you're probably waiting he'll, two. He'll he's probably going to drop to 550. Yeah, 550, 560. Yeah, so... So two weeks from this, which means, uh, yeah, if he gets you through the buys, trade him out at the at his buys um, or to two danger or the or the round after, depending on where it's at with his break even, yeah. etc. So the the perfect world is he plays that round thirteen because they play Port their buy rounds are Port Adelaide away, Bulldogs home, Brisbane away. So he's uh, as good as Dangerfield is. There's possible limitations on that scoring in those games. Uh, just because how uh, good some of those other players will be. Uh, and then you're hoping to bring him in round 16 against the Bombers. Yeah, and I think that it's him. he's got to be a must-have towards the end of the season, right, as your last upgrade. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Especially so, how bad the forward so, line is. If you, yeah, if, I'm actually not even uh, mad if you waited for him to do one big price drop to start and then jump on early because points at that point, if you have the cash, points matter. So I'm actually thinking, uh, wait for him to sort of even drop one or two, depending on how he goes. If he looks promising that first game, bang, I'm just jumping on. Because at that point, he should be, my team should be finished. And, you know, cash. Then it doesn't matter about then, cash. Then because cash you don't doesn't matter cash. as much. Correct. So if he's my last yeah. player, then I'm waiting for him to sort of maybe drop one, depending on how my cash sitcho is, and then just jumping on. Because at that point, you've got a premium that's playing. And considering how shit the forwards are, uh, Dangerfield will be worth his weight in gold, I feel. The, the, so, the thing that'll make his weight in gold, we hope Geelong drop those games against Port Adelaide and Brisbane where they need to win. Um, the last thing we want is Geelong just to continue to go on a streak here and then do what they normally do is rest from people, uh, players, as they come closer to finals. Uh, so, yeah, if they can drop two, three, four games, uh, that would be fantastic because it forces danger for the play and play in the midfield. Yeah, not sure they drop him, though, like... Other players, your Selwoods, who have been a bit battered up through the season. I mean, Danger's had a bit of a rest. He's someone who I think would actually want to get the confidence going into finals in his body. So 
Um, and that's how he's talking too. Like he's a guy that likes to play football. Yeah. So um, he plays for injury before. I, if he comes, obviously when he does come back, I think they're not going to risk him because they need him for finals. It's that's simple as that. Um, but when he comes back, he's not going to just take the next week off or one on and then or play two and then have a rest. Like, I think he'll play through the rest of the games. Um, so are we all in agreement that then we're not looking at Heaney as a long-term option, but we are looking to him as, a, as potentially a stepping stone or just to get us through the next however many weeks? Um, I can with see the, Heaney being a good F7 um, at that yeah, price. Yeah, I agree. On, yep. Yeah, so there, there's that possibility too. So, But if people wanted to wait with him for a week, he's break-even 75, but he's – He's every time he's played Frio at home, he's scored over a hundred. Every time he's played Frio in Perth, he scored eighty or in the eighty. So um, if that trend continues, he's not going to go up by much money this week. And you could wait another week just to see how his body's going. But um, yeah, somebody maybe is a stepping stone through the buys. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I'm the same. I'd rather wait the week, and he's not going to go up too much unless he sets a light. Don't forget, he kicked three goals when he went one ten. So. Um, it is definitely reliant on him having some impact and that way at least you get to see one more week here the, through the press as well, how his ankle's going for another week of loading. So um, interesting with that. Now, Aaron Hall, we're going to go to you, Chris, because... I was literally just about to bring up you, Aaron Hall. Yeah, well, you, well mentioned, you mentioned him before, so I'm intrigued. Some people jumped early and that pains me for the top thousand out there that jumped on Aaron Hall. You should not be rewarded. Um, no, he, I he's, think he's they should. Really well. It's a joke, Chris. Calm down. Don't, it's not a deal. Don't take it <laughs> um, 454K, though. So he's gone up 62,000. He's still actually a really good price point as well. Uh, that's why people are considering him. McDonald is still a while away. Um, he's still quite a while away. So interesting. I'll bring that up actually while we're chatting. But um, yeah, it is interesting. Well, he's averaging 100.2 for the last five, 110.3 the last three. When. The first game he was a sub and he got a six. So that's why his averages actually look quite low. Then he came back with an 81 or 133, started to look pretty good, right? Then he had first quarter went absolutely big and then got knocked out on a 37. So his true average would actually be really impressive when you take out his six and his 37, which aren't in his control realistically, not soft tissue or anything. He was a sub, got knocked out. Uh, one score then under 100 and that was an 81. Otherwise, it's 112, 113, 106, and a 133. He is actually really impressive this year. I think that, obviously, as we said last week, what works in his favour is that obviously the forward line sucks. So yeah. there's, there's, there's very few people that are you know, putting their hand up in the forward line, and, and he's one of them. I, I don't hate the pick, and I haven't hated the pick since, it, since he started putting on the scores. Um, I've just always been worried about his body, and that's not going to change in terms of is it a risk or is it not a risk. Um, at 454k, he's 30k more than Dusty, but he's outperforming Dusty at the moment. Um, I actually have thought of if I, I couldn't, I don't think for my team in terms of risk in my team, I couldn't run a team with both Hall and Heaney because every chance that both of them go down the same week can completely ruin my, my season, which is not going to be fun. Um, but I don't mind it. Now, the other thing is to be aware of is that most people have Zeebel and Impy. So, obviously, that means you'll have three round 12 forward premiums. And also, um, which, they're all injury prone as well, like previously. Yeah. That's uh, why they were so uh, cheap to start the year. They were uh, 
All forward premiums are injury prone, bro. Can I just say, forward mm-hmm. lines are that bad. It's kind of like the Alexandria Hills Hotel at three in the morning where everything is... <laughs> Everything's so like literally the four lines that bad that you're looking at going oh well mate, you'll do you're you're a bit you're a bit cheap you're a bit cheap I like, uh, to, you're, you're I like bit, to call that the three a.m. snatch the three a.m. <laughs> yeah like hey look you know you're a bit cheaper you're not going to cost you're not cheaper than that you know that sounds really bad but um, <laughs> they all, they also have a questionable body you're going for the easy one. Um, yeah, it's really, that's, what it's, that's, that's the fear you get it's, though. When you, you're really digging that hole, are you, Ben? <laughs> well, not yet, but sometimes when I lay down. Um, <laughs> no, I'm talking not for me. I am a happily snatched up man uh, <laughs> with a little one. I'm just saying for the people at home, and that's that's your you know, your local dirty nightclub. Chris knows all about it. By the way, it's actually reopening soon, so you're welcome. Right. It's called the squeeze bar and we call it the pit because once you get in, you never get out. <laughs> uh, uh, right. look, I think so. It's probably last week on Aaron Hall um, because his break even is 47. So if he comes out another 110, he always price you out. He'll be, uh, what's he, projected 92 with a 20K price rise. At that point, you're paying premium price for a premium player. He's no longer value. So. Um, I think that he's probably missing the boat if you don't get on him this week, and I think that it's a it's a good week to get on him. But there are risks associated. There's risks associated with Heaney, and pretty much any forward there is risks associated with them. Um, so there's no right answer. Is is probably where it's at. But if you had to pick between, I think Nick Hind and Aaron Hall are the same price right now. I'm going Aaron Hall every day of the week. That's the highest ceiling for me, easily. Um, it easily gets me involved. So. Um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going to land at the end of the week, but at the moment, Hall's looking like the guy that I'm going to have in my side. Touche. Don't mind that at all. Uh, let's have a look at the other break-evens. I can't believe Tom McDonald's still chipping away here, boys. Break-even of 46. Oh, by the way, uh, Luke McDonald is uh, five to seven weeks away. Okay. So, all right. So, Aaron Hall could change after that point, um, and Zebra yeah. for that matter. So, it's going to be interesting. We don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, very interesting there. Zorko, my man Zork, break even of 60. Now, this pains me because Zorko and Dusty both have low break evens. Uh, both went well last week. So, Zorko, 511K, break even of 60. He scored a 140, which means that his price is that's now in his cycle. So, his price will be going up. So, if you don't have Zorko, I think you kind of have to either get on now or expect to pay 550 for him after his buy. What do you think? Agreed. What do you think now? Now, if you don't have Dusty and you don't have Zorko, because their break break evens are both low, who would you be buying this week? Zorko this week, get on Dusty the next. Yep. So hopefully yes. he doesn't go massive and go up too much in cash. No, as much yeah. as I um, as much as I said say that, I sent you all in the week, Ben, uh, all Dusty scores against Brisbane. And um, he doesn't usually muck around against the line. So, um, and we know he's really our only premium midfielder at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, he could be in for another big week. Yep, uh, that that pains me. Now I'm in this situation. So the only consideration is maybe uh, with Zorko, he'll. They actually have a couple of tough opponents. They play like Melbourne and GWS and someone else. I think before their buy, so it could he could actually average out and be five fifty k around that buy. Uh, not a bad option as well. So Zorko, definitely, he, he is a good option. He scored a 140, um, hitting the goals and stuff like that as well. So it's an interesting one. And I'm tying Dusty as well. If you don't have Dusty, then now is definitely a good time to get him. He's uh, break-even 68. Um, 
which means, yeah, again, as we said, there's not many midfielders there for Richmond. And Dusty always tells us. Not only, not only does Dusty always tell us at the Gabba or at the MCG, they actually came to Brisbane last year, played a lot of games in Brisbane, so he knows the ground really, really well. Towed up there in the grand final as well, absolutely kicking it a shit full of goals. So he likes the ground as well. Every time, it, it annoys me. Probably likes there more than um, more than playing Marvel, man. Do you know you can actually go Danaher down to Dusty and make a thousand dollars? Really? Yeah, I'll do that in a heartbeat. Wow. How's Danaher got to four? Wow, Danaher, what a cash cow. I kind of regret not getting on him now. After he started off, yeah, he had a quiet quiet, start and then yeah, went qu- bang. Lions weren't winning for that first sort of few weeks. So look at him now, though. Look at me now. He's made 193000 That is ridiculous. What a cash cow. Did your missus, your missus traded him too, didn't she? Uh, didn't he, uh, she, Swiss? Uh, she did. It's about the one thing she's uh, got wrong for the year and that because she's uh, reminds me about every other good thing she's done. So, yeah. Let's give her, uh, <laughs> Include let's Mary, the Mary you. She hasn't done. Yeah, oh, well. <laughs> Isn't she lucky doing that? Five years. Five years married. Well, yeah, go. I will give her a shout out. Five years married to me uh, the other day. So, well done. Hey, congratulations, me. mate. You may have passed the 12 month mark, unlike me. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's brutal. Very, very brutal. Um, all right. Now we're going to just go and quickly from Chris to Swizz to myself. What are you thinking for the buys? Are you loading up now? Are you going to wait? You're going to try and bank some cash. And who are you actually looking at to get that you don't have in your team already during that stage? Uh, so I'm definitely going on the bank cash route. Um, so I have the option to, as I said, double up to Hall and uh, or, and Heaney or, or Hind and Heaney or, or one a combination of those guys. Um, what I've come to the realisation is if I do that, then I'm not going to get optimal premiums moving forward. Um, and then when it gets to buyers, I'm not going to have any cash to get any more premiums. So we've got to be – there's a couple of things we've got to be conscious of. First of all, the rookies right now that are coming through are fucking shit. And they're, they're looking like – usually what we would try and do is we try to, say, double downgrade, say, the week before the buyers so that we have enough cash to, to go into the buyers and really upgrade to these players. But none of them look on the horizon at all. Like I'm looking at guys for next week, and I'm looking at a guy that had 50% time on ground as my saviour for the week. Like the, the rookies coming through are looking really, really shit. So I'm looking to hold on to some cash – um, probably about 200 grand, continue my one up, one down for the next couple of weeks until the buys hit. And my first one that I'm looking at is after the buys is Guthrie. However, I'm very worried about bringing him in and then two weeks later, danger comes in and all of a sudden he's not averaging 122, he's averaging 105 for the rest of the year. Uh, that is worst case scenario for me. And I, if, I, if I look over those guys in that buy round, you got Hall and Zebel from North, Boak, Butters, but he's due back late season. Houston already have. At Hawks, you've got Mitchell, Impey, and Hardwick. Hardwick's actually had a very good season in defense there. Um, obviously, Danger, Guthrie, Duncan is still an option. Stewart and Tom Hawkins. Uh, and then at GWS, you've got Green, Kelly, Taranto, Whitfield, and potentially Hogan. Now, there's not a lot there. Like they're saying, pick me, pick me. That's like the guys you already have. So Guthrie is really the one that I'm looking at, but I'm still even questionable on him, to be completely honest. What do you guys think about Guthrie? 
Um, I'm thinking worst case scenario would actually be him averaging 105 for the rest of the year and then the suitcase coming through <laughs> and out averaging him in the last game and not only in the last game, after scaling. That would be the best scenario of the year. <laughs> As in he's losing until scaling. And in the same and game, Patrick Cripps scores 343 super coach and also overtakes Sam Walsh. <laughs> hey, it's possible. Um, Swizz, you go. Uh, about Gutter or about Bye? Oh, about everything. Oh, about everything. Well, where do you begin? Um, for me, I'm I'm at 19 primos after my trades this week, so I've got a M8 and an F5 and six to fill. Uh, so for me, it'll be hopefully Flynn plays one more game during now and sometime in the buys. Uh, downgrade him to Tracy's to make some cash there, and then I'll look at upgrading McNeil. Um, to that premium mid, which hopefully will be steel. Um, but if it's not, it'll be um, somebody after the buys like a Boke or a Bont um, for my M8. And then, yeah, my F5, F6, one will be Dangerfield whenever he's right. And the other one will be that sort of teeny or cheaper option, depending on what's available. Marshall hopefully comes back, but... Uh, as you said, there's not that many great downgrade options, so uh, it'd be possible looking for some value in that forward line as my M6. The other one I'm keeping an eye on is for Whitfield. Um, there's the possibility that I just move Laird to my M8 and I bring Whitfield in to come in as my D6. Yeah, that sounds yeah. interesting. I'm looking at similar. Um, I'm going to, I think, bring in the Zorko this week. Uh, get rid of Powell, downgrade probably to Jones, keep myself about 120000 Next week I can go, say, Scott to a Dusty and probably downgrade as well. So Tracy uh, comes in. Now that could change if Tracy plays this week, then I might actually – and Jones doesn't, then I'll just um, probably bring Tracy in for someone and do a bit of switcheroo. I'm also looking at Whitfield. Uh, I like Mills, but do I want to pay 550 k for Mills? Maybe for if Whitfield jumps down like it looks like he might – I would happily put him in my defensive line, put Laird up into my midfield, and then I'll only need um, one more midfielder with another couple of forwards, I think. So uh, I'm looking at having that 120K for next week, getting Dusty, downgrading again, keeping more cash, and then actually trying to double down probably the week of or before finals, making sure I have enough players playing and getting as much cash as I can. Yeah, um, the, the other thing I'm looking at is the, the two that I really want are Lions and Bond. Um, so I could potentially, depending on my buy structure, not do any trades in round 13 and wait for round 14 and, and get to spend the entire of that just downgrading rookies to get enough cash to get both Lions and Bond in round 14. Um so that's the other option that I'm potentially looking at. But See, I think I'm a bit different to you guys because I've gone mine are all the expensive middies now and then I can actually try and look for some value because I've got yeah, bon- I've got I, I do the opposite way. Yeah, yeah. So I've got Bont, McRae, Oliver, Walsh, Steele, Titch. Obviously Titch yeah. is a token, but you know, I've already got most of those guys. I obviously I'd like Lions and but am I going to go out of my way? No, by that point. Neil might even be back in and I might just go third time lucky on Neil just <laughs> as, a, as a Brisbane supporter because why not? No one else will have him. So if he's back in time for just after his bye, maybe. If he makes the cut, um, you know, like it's one of those things and I do like lines. Well, when's, he, when's he due back? Let's have a look here. Brisbane. 
Lucky Neil. Oh, is it, it's actually due back in four to five weeks, apparently. Okay, so what's that, round 15? That could, that could be just after his bye. He's, he actually, he's actually running on the track now too, boys. I uh, saw footage of him today running around the track. So, um, That's interesting. Yeah, he's getting some laps in now. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, could be depending on when that, that – is that from last week or is that from this week? Because don't really uh, – That is as of May 18, so that is today. Today, damn. Okay, four to five weeks. Right, so it could be around 14 or 15, which is either – just after the buy or the week after. That's the that's the week after his buy. Yeah, so hopefully, um, I'm not. I don't mind that. No one else mm-hmm. have him. Third time lucky. Surely he he's played many games before. He's not normally injured, so um, I might take that bet. Imagine that finishing off with Neil and uh, Dangerfield. Happy days. Um, oh, I might go a sneaky little Taranto to Neil. Ooh, shut. <laughs> okay, now I think that kind of wraps us up. If you have any more questions, hit us up on the socials. Going forward, we can't forget this week because we left it last week. Swizz listened to the podcast and I was like, that's what happens when, Swizz, you're not on the podcast, mate. We've got to do captains. <laughs> yeah, no, I was quick to point that one out. That you were. Uh, who have you got this week for captains? We'll go to you considering that we always forget. Yeah. Um, at the moment, I've got the vice captain on Oliver playing Adelaide. Uh, does like to beat up on the shit team. He uh, does. So, and... Um, with, uh, there was somebody, well, I'm hoping Lockie Jones is still out because that'll make my, um, my swing no problems there. Or Finlay McRae, um, I do have, so he's, he won't be playing probably on the, on the Sunday. So that gives me that option. And then I'm looking at, um, Grundy against, uh, a lifeless, um, Port Adelaide. I am definitely looking at Grundy as the captain. Yeah, um, who they got racking there? Uh, Lambs, don't they? Um, yeah, so I will definitely be running Grundy as the captain. I'm probably going to VC McRae this week um, and go that way. But uh, there is a lot of VC options, uh, if, if I'm honest. I mean, you know, I, I could even um, potentially look at oh, – oh, there's just so many. Um, I don't like Gorn as a VC against Riley O'Brien this week. Um I don't actually mind Sam Walsh against Hawks. Hopefully he runs head-to-head against uh, Tom Mitchell. Um, Dusty yeah, Dusty is, is in the Friday night game. Yeah. Or yep. Lions if you have Lions as well because there's no yeah. midfielders at Richmond. So uh, if, yeah, if, you well. if you have McCluggage or Lions, not a bad VC there because – Hey, Zorko uh, is going to kill kill Richmond this week, mate. <laughs> my, my wife, my wife pointing out Guthrie versus Sun. Oh, yeah. Uh, and who, who has Guthrie though? There are a few people. A few people. Now. A few people now. I can't believe Chris was the one no, saying it's... Guthrie had potential, and I shat all over that train this year. Uh, I regret that decision, Chris. Uh, look, I've, I've made some good calls this year. I'm not going to lie, boys. I've, yeah, I've had Walsh, a good run. Actually, yeah, you have Walsh. Walsh to out average Crips or to do well. You said 110 plus, and he's on that train. Guthrie, you said could average up to 110, and I was like, that's a joke. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile I did actually counter him with a a, a, a McCluggage. And he's been doing really well outside of his first four weeks, so we've we've done all right. Yeah, we've, we've had. Yeah, a, I we, think we've had a good run. We have. We didn't pick Tom Phillips or anything, did we? So, <laughs> well, just uh, let's let's actually just have a quick update of uh, of little Tommy Phillips. Uh, he's averaging seventy one point nine. It's only twenty points per game after, after up to where he needs to be. So uh, good on Tommy Phillips there for for really being a good sport. He had his did has a season high on the weekend with eighty one. Is that a season high? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know. He had, he had a 90 in round one. Sorry, sorry, lads. He had a 90 in round one. Hasn't, hasn't hit the ton this year. 
Everyone got excited that too. So uh, as for me, I am a little bit torn as for my VC this week, boys and captains. I am definitely going Grundy um, as my main man, boys. Now, looking at the VC options, I'm probably – I was looking at Gorn, but now that you speak about Swizz, I think Clary, he's gone 180-odd before against Adelaide, so I think I'll join you on that train there. I think he pumped out a 205 against them last year. Oh, maybe it was uh, even before that. Yeah, so I think Clary's, um, he's killing it. What's he averaging? 118, 119 for the year. Um, he does like to beat up on teams like that. I can't see anyone really holding him back, to be honest. That's not a bad Clary one. Clary looks so good. I, I, I hate not having Clary's. And But if he doesn't do well, then you know what it is. Was it Grundy? Was it Grundy? <laughs> there you go. It's always, yeah. I, I, you must love hearing that, Swiss. Oh, <laughs> one game, fucking one of friggin' American cost us winning four in a row. <laughs> oh, what about uh, they, they didn't even start the clock though, did they? Like they waited ages and stopped it or something or other. That was that game that they lost. Oh, the Grundy oh, one. Yeah, oh, no, it's idea. out of my memory. Oh sure, I was. I was there. That was a good game. <laughs> uh, happy days. I think that wraps us up, guys. Um, it does. We'll talk to you later. We might actually put both of Chris and my team reveals out on all platforms. We will see. Uh, otherwise, if you if it's not there, guys, just go to YouTube. Everything's there. Enjoy. Enjoy our faces. Uh, hopefully, this has worked properly. And this has actually done well, considering we're not in the same place, guys. Yeah. No, good well done, everyone. Thank you very much. Uh, look, until on to Townsville tomorrow and on, um, on Thursday night, I'll be catching up with Cheezo from Dr. Supercoach in Cairns. So uh, look forward to catching up with him. Oh, make sure you send us a photo. Hey, guys, we'll put it up. Oh, will do. Are you going out for a drink? Are going for a drink? Yeah, of course. We're going to have a couple of beers. Oh, yeah, happy days. And you can talk about teams coming out on Thursday night. <laughs> oh, Thursday night teams. What, what a day to be alive. Like a, yeah, you should do a video, you and Cheezo, Facebook Live. <laughs> and announcing teams. Uh, all right, that wraps us up. Thanks very much, guys. And until next time, we'll see you shortly. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent. The P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, because I'm never giving up. See, they asked me how I did it. I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start They say that every champion is all about his principles Carry!